LDB, 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 LDB. Good evening, LDB. It's time for your favorite podcast. I'm your host, Chris Schutzer. And I'm joined, as always, by our co-commissioner, Mr. Matthew Starr. Matt, how are you doing? You know, uh, I've been better, but you know, we don't need to get into that. It's been it's been a lot of work uh, lately, and including this weekend. So, you know, would have preferred that that not been the case. But otherwise, I'm doing fine. Thank you. Well, all the more reason to be happy that we're here together now. We also have our co-host Sean Crean. John, you're now an East Coaster, yes? That's right. I'm I'm dialing in from lovely Belmont, Massachusetts. I'm in uh, my wife Justina's aunt's Aunt Lily's beautiful house here, and uh, yeah, digging in, unpacking, looking for a house, getting the kids in school. Lots of fun logistics, but uh, yeah, really happy to be here. Glad the the time zone's a little easier to coordinate the the podcast too. I have one more person to introduce, but before I do, like, how are you holding up with this NBA Finals? That is your your old home slash new home, and where you've been the last ten years. I feel no conflict. I always liked rooting for my neighbors to be happy in Oakland and, and loved watching the Warriors, but I'm 100% Celtics. Shastina, on the other hand, is clearly rooting for the Warriors, so it's kind of fun. Little little intra-house rivalry. Well, there you go. Uh, folks, we're also joined by Ray Sylvester. Sorry, Ray Sylvester. I apologize for mispronouncing your name there. That's okay. Uh, how you been, man? Hey, I'm I've been all right. Uh, busy. Um, yeah, glad to be here. Thanks for thanks for having me. I'm excited to uh finally be on the pod long time listener first time caller so yeah i like that um well we have some stuff that we wanted to talk to you about but uh but how's your team man well let's start with that <laughs> how's my team um well i think after today uh it's pretty clear that uh i will be selling um so i guess make that the formal formal announcement um maybe not the most auspicious day to join the pod on on a day where the busters uh, miss innings uh so eating a little crow for that but but yeah, you know, still, still excited to be here and, and chat with you about it. Um, yeah, I think uh, it's been an, a very interesting season, unexpected one for for the Busters. Um, yeah, d definitely didn't didn't expect to be uh, anywhere near a winning record at any point in the season. Um, but but yeah, I think the team is also a bit of a Potemkin team. It's a bit of a mirage, and it's it's showing up now. And um, the uh, it would have taken, I probably would have needed to gut my my farm to. To be a buyer so yeah we'll see we'll see um we'll see what uh the the market nets me and uh you know look forward to next year so yeah i think that's uh i think that's that's the busters in a nutshell right now well i've had the good fortune ray of traveling with you every time i've gone to the to the auction in person so i know a little more about you than i probably knew about some of the other owners that i didn't uh grow up with or go to college with or whatever um I'm going to use that knowledge a little bit to my advantage now just to get you to talk about a few things but sure. let's let's start with the basics um yeah. so you are you're married and you have a kid yeah mm -hmm. yeah family tell us where you live in tell us your job the whole nine yards yeah so i have been married for gosh almost 11 years now to Kristen, and we have a nine and a half year old named flynn uh he was he was born finn and last year he changed his name just decided he came home as uh, a friend had called him Flynn and it's and it's stuck so anyway so yeah we live in uh in Northampton in Western Mass so probably about two hours from where Sean is right now um been here for gosh about six years uh we were in Seattle before that's where Kristen uh grew up uh that's where Flynn was born and uh, we were in New York before that for a couple years uh and then I was in DC before that right after college so that's where I met met Star um I think Sean I technically probably met you in DC at some point um, and then we hung out a little bit when I was in New York. Um, yeah, so I, I've worked remotely for, um, gosh, a while, probably about eight years now. Um, I worked at Amazon for a while in Seattle and then uh, left that and freelance for a while. So I've, I've been a writer editor of various stripes for, gosh, yeah, about, about eight years now, um, freelance full time. I just left, um, I just left my full time job a couple of weeks ago uh, for a small company that called SPI Media that created a educational content for entrepreneurs so um the other the other big the other the context for that is that we are our family is as you guys know maybe not the whole maybe not the rest of the league knows um we are 
uh, leaving uh, for a year starting in August, uh, traveling starting in Argentina for probably probably about three months um, and homeschooling Flynn. And yeah, basically having a big adventure. So uh, yeah, so kind of wrapping up, wrapping up the full-time job. I do, I'm doing a little, uh, actually freelance podcasting work right now for uh, an old coworker friend, but yeah, I'm, I'm kind of underemployed, funderemployed as I call it. So, so yeah. Um, and just getting ready, getting ready for a big trip. Um, so that's kind of, that's kind of what's going on with me right now. That sounds fascinating. So you're, you're, you're thinking about, uh, you're taking, is it going to be a year long trip? That's the plan right now. Yeah. And we, we are planning to come back to this area to, um, Western or maybe central mass or I don't know, maybe somewhere in new England, um, is the most likely return spot, but yeah, we're planning on definitely starting in Argentina. Like we have tickets and a place to stay and, and we're thinking, um, maybe a few months in like North Africa, Southern Spain. And then after that, it feels a little hazier. Um, yeah. And the, the idea is to, to do it for a year and see what happens and see how we like living on the road. Um, and sort of being tourists, but not really being tourists. And yeah, just kind of see what that opens up for all of us and where we want to be and what we want to be doing long term. So um, yeah, it's it's kind of been designed as like a a bit of a you know a mind opener, I guess, to to see what what we feel like doing, um, where we want to be. So, but I'm excited. Uh, I think it's gonna be. I think it's gonna be a lot of fun. And you guys sold your house, right? We did. Yeah. I mean, we did probably pick a pretty good time to do that. Um, so it sold pretty easily. Um, so yeah, and we got, uh, the sellers were okay with closing like the end of July, end of July, which works with our, you know, our travel schedule. So yeah, so that, that was, that was part of, you know, kind of making this happen was, um, yeah, we've definitely letting go of some of our, um, some of our connections here, uh, at least, at least in terms of a place to live. So yeah, it's a big move, probably definitely the biggest one I've, I've, done since since i was a kid um i moved a little bit when i was younger but we can get into that but yeah um you've given me the segue you've given it to me <laughs> so I, I i don't think i can ignore it any longer so sure you're 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 originally born on the continent of africa yes i was you, yeah uh which country uh so my parents lived in zambia at the time uh they both worked uh they're teachers so they worked at an international school there um but i was born in zimbabwe which is just uh just south of zambia um the just the infrastructure health infrastructure was a lot better so both me and my sister were born in in zimbabwe while my parents lived in zambia um so i lived in zambia until i was about nine uh and then moved to botswana uh which is just south uh a little farther um and lived there for about 10 years and then finished high school out there and uh yeah so i've been in the states for more than half my life but the form early formative years were all Southern Africa. So when, how old were you when you got here? Uh, I was, let's see, it was two, April of 2000. So I would have been, oh gosh, my math is bad. 18, 18 19. I think. <laughs> yeah. 18 sounds right. Yeah. We're like two, we're like two weeks apart. Yep. Um, yeah. So I was, I, I took a year. I worked in Boston uh, before college. My parents wanted me to, to, to work for a year. Uh, so I did that and yeah, and then started school. Um, and I met Jeff Harcourt actually in college. He was, uh, the best friend of my, my then college girlfriend. So it's, he's kind of my connection pretty much to, to everybody here. Um, and then moved to DC after college with my then girlfriend and kind of got hooked into, um, yeah, Jeff Harcourt's network. Um, and which, which, um, which is maybe your segue into, uh, the, the inaugural season of LDB, but I don't want to. No, go with it. Ahead. You're, you're on a roll. <laughs> All right, let's go. Um, yeah. So what was it? 2007. So I was an inaugural member of, of LDB along with, uh, wait, okay, this is bad. Our star and Sean, were you, Sean, were you in the, f yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, it's again, it's been so long. Um, so yeah, uh, 2007, I remember drafting around, uh, Jeff Harcourt's, uh, big kitchen table, dining room table. And it was at what star, which, uh, which apartment yeah. was that? 32, I think it was 3219 Nation. That's right. That's right. I was going to say North Lincoln, but that that's a totally different place. That 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 was our that was uh, my my place at this, at that time. Right. Okay. Wait, seriously? Yeah. You, oh man. That's that's it's hazy. It's impressive. It's Mount, Ver, Mount Vernon Street? Am I making that up? Uh what street did they 3219 what it wasn't like Calorama, was it? 
I remember attending a, a communist party there. That was my memory of that house, I think. There yeah, was a that, real that, blowout communist party. Yep. It was really good. Yep. Okay. Sorry to interrupt your flow. No, it's all good. It was definitely a, it was definitely a party house. Um, so yeah, um, obviously I've uh, I've come and gone a couple of times. Um, I think the impetus for that was mostly so that I could keep changing my team name. Um, I've realized was why I've left and come back so many times. Um, but yeah, as uh, Chris, I think as you pointed out in the uh, the show sheet that you shared with me, I've been a, I'm a two time owner and three three permutations, which I. Uh, which I sometimes forget how you know the lineage or the lineage is there. And I'll, I think uh, it was a, what was it a few months ago, maybe last season, where a player somebody pulled a player out of the soup, and I thought he was mine, and it was like, no, he's Becker's. And so it gets pretty confusing for me. Um, who who owns whom um, in the the lineages of, of my former teams? Ray, can I ask a uh, a question on your growing up where you did in your yeah. formative years? I may have asked you this before one on one, but I would have thought you would have more of a British accent or kind of a an Anglo accent, just given other people that I've met from that part of Africa that grew up speaking English. Is that because you went to an American taught school or did you just kind of lose the accent over time as you lived here? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, I mean, I've been here for 22 years, so probably some of the latter. Um, I think it but mostly two things. I think the first one was just that I I went to I went to an American school for a few years up until fourth grade, and then after that was mostly British kind of British schools. Um, but like the mix of of students was really diverse, so there wasn't really any one like there definitely weren't like a, a there wasn't a predominance of like British kids. Um, so that was that was one thing. So there wasn't like an an, an immediate or an automatic kind of um, accent to latch on to. But I think the other thing was too like I um especially when I was younger, like I, I was kind of jealous of all the like real American kids who, um, you know, whose families would be living in Zambia or Botswana for like two years and then they go back to the States. And um, that wasn't really my situation. And so I think I when I was, yeah, especially in Zambia when I was younger, like I, you know, kind of wanted to be a real American. And so I probably having an accent at least was probably something that like felt important to me. So I think I kind of um, and my parents are from the Boston area and I don't really have, you know, I didn't pick up their accent. So I think I just kind of created my own my own version of an American accent and it just kind of stuck from an early age. Yeah, I, I was going to say, I don't I don't remember you ever have ever sounding British, remotely British at any point no, in the time that I knew you. Not even close. Yeah, no, they're really like the number of British kids that like I went to school with. Um, like basically, I'm thinking of high school, especially like half of the school was was local kids, Botswana kids from Botswana. And the rest was just like pretty much like pick a country and you could probably probably one or two kids um, from that country in the school. So yeah, it was a real like a real mix of, of people and of, and influences in that way. That's pretty fascinating. Uh, and I appreciate you sharing the history. I feel like we're just like skimming the very, very, very surface of like all the, you know, the, the, the depths of questions we could ask. Sure. About. Yeah. When did you start liking baseball? Um, my very first baseball memory and I I don't remember the exact year, but it, I think it was probably around 86, which kind of drives because I, I went to I went to a game, uh, a Red Sox game in Boston with my dad. It was against the Blue Jays. And I remember they won the game. And I remember I just have a vague memory that the team was really good that year. Um, so it could have been 86, um, give or take a year. Um, and I just remember having a ball, you know, having a blast. And um, so yeah, every every year, um, and every and I got into baseball cards in Botswana. So that was like I was really, really big into baseball cards. Um, yeah, and just kind of followed the sport um, as much as I could from from abroad. I mean, we didn't get games, so that was the that was the biggest thing. But yeah, when I come back to the states every year, you know, I just taking as much baseball as I could. Um, I remember like sitting in. What's up? I'm, I'm interrupting, but you That's were a good. Sox fan by like just because of your, your dad or what? pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Just kind of like, kind of surrounded by it growing up. Um, so when we lived in Zambia, we'd, we'd come out to the States every every other summer. Um, and so, yeah, most of my a lot of my family, especially my dad's side is is New England, Boston area. Um, so, yeah, I just kind of grew up around it. Um, did, did you try to indoctrinate Flynn when you were in Seattle before moving back east? I asked because I definitely did with Finn, like he was always wearing a Red Sox hat. And uh, that was that was my intention all along. Yeah, yeah, no, he. Um, there are some early shots of him as like a two and a half year old wearing my wearing my my Red Sox hat. Um, he's not he's not a huge sports fan as yet. He's not really he's not really super into sports in general. So, um, there's still time though. We'll we'll see we'll see what's in store for him. 
he, if I remember not. correctly, he enjoyed he, at one point. He was enjoying watching like weird, kind of unusual sports. We watched all these YouTube videos. Yes, of, like, weird sports. Yes, I remember that. Yeah, so that was um, was that when we came to DC a few years ago? Yeah, that was like with... I don't know, three years ago, probably. Yeah, yeah. So we went to we went to DC. This was pre-pandemic. Um, it was the first time that uh, that Flynn had been to DC, and yeah, I think Star he met you met him for the first time, and he met a few other people for the first time. Um, but yeah, he was. He was just like getting into so he's he's for a while he's been into like encyclopedic i don't know knowledge of things like just making lists of things um and at one point it was um it was like weird just random sports or just kind of off beaten path sports so i think there was i'm not gonna remember the names of them um some really cool like like a volleyball like a volleyball soccer hybrid and i'm, I'm forgetting the name from i think from east asia where they basically like you basically kick the ball over the net instead of hit it with your with your fist but anyway, he was into he was into all these random sports, and that was that was one of them. I'm forgetting the name. Um, I, I remember I remember I showed him kabaddi because I had just been in India and learned about that sport. So okay. I was like, oh, let's add more random sports. <laughs> <laughs> That's that does sound vaguely familiar. It does sound vaguely vaguely familiar. Um, Can so, I interrupt for a second? I apologize. No, let's do it in a, in a random direction. But let's, Sean, let's I gotta I gotta call you out. You are the father of two children and you named your younger one on on the indoctrination question. For posterity's <laughs> sake, why, why Kate not wearing Red Sox gear? Oh Kate, Kate does. I in my head I, I think of so first of all when when uh, Ray introduced his son Flynn, I was like I almost like I had to interrupt him like wait your son his name is Finn because I didn't realize that he had, he had named himself Flynn. Yeah. Uh, but no I think in my head I'm just thinking Flynn and Finn that's all. No Kate has a Kate has a Red Sox hat. She's uh she's also into it. I'd say Finn is more into it though to be fair. Fair enough. Fair enough. I just had to get that on the record. Nice. Have you Sean have you taken them to games of any kind? I'm looking at Woo Sox tickets because I feel like it's a little bit lower stakes for toddlers, you know, mm-hmm. AAA instead of the the big Fenway game. We went to a, an A's, A's Red Sox in the Coliseum, which you have all heard me talk about on the email threads uh, is a dump and so very easy to get tickets. So lower stakes for for the kids first game. But they they liked it a lot. Um, nice. It was, it was a post pandemic kind of, you know, first time. Well, first time we thought we were coming out of the pandemic last summer and it was it was fun. Yeah, really. Fun. Nice. I'm, I'm your man for Red Sox tickets because I have the best seats for, for kids. Uh, the the pavilion uh, in the upper left has a very steep in, uh, incline, so it doesn't matter if the guy in front of you is six foot five; you can be a toddler and see just fine. Um, and I think that's the one spot in Fenway where that's true. But let's get back on track. You know, go right. Um, so Ray, a, a couple a couple quick ones that I can't resist. Like, go for we it. We let you gloss over it before. You're you're uh, an owner with three iterations, as we've pointed out. For those who are not aware. He's been a solo owner twice, and he's co-owned with Mark once. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I would be remiss if I missed my chance to talk about uh, the time that you briefly shared with Mark. Um, so how, how did that go? I believe that was Ray Ray's mystery garage for those following at home. Right. So I'll, I'll, give, the, I'll give the quick history lesson of, 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 of my teams, um, and then, yeah, we'll get into that. So the, the, my first team was the Knights of Base Parity, which was a riff on a very random, I don't know if anybody remembers the Knights of Prosperity. It was a short-lived sitcom about a, a group of ne'er-do-wells who uh, wanted to rob Mick Jagger. So anyway, um, and then was it was... Was it Ray Romano in that? I don't remember. Um, it was Donald Logue, Sofia Vergara, and a couple other people I don't remember. Um, anyway, so... and then it up it, while we wait here. And then it was then I changed it to Ray Ray's Mystery Garage, which is a, a 30 Rock reference. I think that was pre-Mark though. And then when Mark came along, I think we realized we needed to change the name, just because you know a new era. So I think then th- this is where like it the the memory gets hazy. I think that's when we became the Busters. Um, Izzy Alcantara's Backstop Busters. Um, and I, I mean I will sum up the the Mark the Mark Ray era very succinctly, which is we our team didn't do well, but I feel like. I, f- I hope Mark's okay with me saying this. I feel like we bonded, um, and uh, we became friends through through the tribulations of our terrible team. Um, so that's pretty much pretty much the uh, the Mark Sandberg, Ray Sylvester, Buster's era, I think, um, in a nutshell. And then and Mark then, had his own squad, and and you stuck with it. And then you retired right. briefly to start a a movement business, correct? Yeah, I think that that sounds about right. Um, yeah, so I, I left for for what was it two years, a year, two years. Um, that that timing sounds right. Um, I was starting a 
a side business um, as a movement coach, um, which I still do on the side. Um, it's not hasn't been my full time gig. Um, and then I, yeah, then I came back um, last year. <laughs> if that jibes, um, I came back last year and um, reinstated the the Buster's name uh, with my new squad, Jeff Harkard's old team. So I still I still get confused, but this has helped me. This has helped me sort things out a little bit in my head. If it's not if it's not awkward to discuss, can we can we can we briefly talk about the, so so when Mark took over as as Ray's co-owner, as folks may or may not remember, uh, Ray had announced intention to leave, and there was going to be like a year where they were co-owners, and then Ray was going to leave, and Mark was going to get the team, and then Ray didn't leave, and then Mark was like, "What the fuck is this? Why am I still co-owning the team?" So Ray, could could you could you walk us through what happened there? I'm going to give you my most honest. Um, I'm just going to give you my my most honest answer there, which is I I don't remember. Uh, I, I don't I'll, really either. I'll take whatever lumps uh, you know that people feel are uh, appropriate, but I just don't remember that that part of the saga. Um, no I, lumps, no lumps necessary. <laughs> this is this is a forward looking cast. Uh, uh, I mean, there is. I think there's an element of history just because it's interesting to the people that. Uh, haven't been around for as long. And I, I mean, heck, I've only been in the league for I think half of its existence. So yeah. I always appreciate understanding the the ins and outs of, of the relationships better. Totally. Well, um, I think, I mean, I think it just speaks to like the longevity, longevity of the league. Um, and which is a really cool thing, you know, that, that we can have these, these stories and these twists that, um, that people like me can for, apparently forget happened. Um, but yeah, I think ultimately it, it's a, it's a, it speaks right. to the, yeah. We have two more things on the Ray intro, okay? And one of them is to actually explore athleticism a little bit further, but we're going to put a pin in it for now because it's going to lead us out of this segment. And instead, uh, for everyone who did did not pay close enough attention when we started this podcast, Ray uh, deserves far more credit than we've given him. Uh, He's the one that came up with the music. Can you walk us through how you came up with this this little beat that takes us in and out every time? I, I would love to actually. Um, so I and I will. I'll invite especially you, Star and, and Chris, Sean. I no, no. You you were all on the you were all on the, the email thread. I think. Uh, so there was there was a, a side email thread um, of several of us um, regarding this this theme song. Um, to the best of my and I, I went back to the emails just to again refresh my memory. But to the best of my memory, um, and again, if I'm wrong here, let me know. But I think it started with Dubner having the idea for. Um, a theme song that was something akin to like John Tesh's NBA on NBC uh, theme song. So da, 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 that one. Um, and so he sent over a voice memo recording of himself singing, uh, singing a melody that he thought would work with us, um, which was the one you hear in the actual theme song, LDB, blah, 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 blah. Um, so I took, I took what he sent me and I, I swear to God, I did, I did, I did start to try to make a John Tesh style song out of it. And just kind of quickly realized that it was it was a non-starter. Um, so it took things in a totally different direction. Um, and so kind of latched onto this sort of dark surf rock vibe, um, and that was kind of what I what I went with. Um, it feels like it, I always felt like it felt like it feels like the B fifty twos. Yeah, you know, like rock lobster. There's B-52. there's a little there's a little bit of that. The intro actually I think was mostly like the drums that start the song were mostly inspired by the. Um, the intro to that thing you do the song from the the movie of the same name oh, um, played, played by the fictional band the wonders but the song was actually the song was actually written by adam schlesinger I you meant the O'Neaters. wasn't it the O'Neaters? the what the O'Neaters. Okay, oh sorry. right yes yes the O'Neaters. correct <laughs> yeah gotta spell it phonetically or pronounce phonetically um so yeah so it's kind of like a sped up version of the intro to that song um and yeah so i just kind of went with this sort of dark surf rock vibe um the song was all done in GarageBand with samples. It was basically just samples and um, and Dubner's uh, vocals. And so I think I grabbed some like Afghani instrumentation. I don't remember what the instrument was called and just layered stuff in and flipped it around and and played around with it for a while. Um, yeah, so it ended up it ended up being a completely different song than the original vision that, that Dubner had. And um, if the if the podcast ever blows up, we'll probably probably have to have Dubner sign a waiver. Um, so we'll cross that bridge. But um, but but then there was I also got some really helpful input from Star. You actually you had another kind of vision for for the song, um, which was which was kind of a, a rock lobster, um, uh, a rock lobster vibe. 
B-52s. I don't remember the, the name of the, the the guy, the singer from the B-52s. Fred Schneider. Uh, Fred Schneider, yeah. Um, I mean, I feel like also like a little bit of a David Byrne kind of vibe uh, you brought to it. But anyway, so that's what that's what ended up in the outro. Um, the uh, the version you hear at the uh, at the end of each episode. So that's Star. That, that, that's me get, doing my best. Work. Me doing my best Fred Schneider impression. At the end. <laughs> I was gonna say you did great work, and I, I vaguely recall like sitting in a. Uh, I think we were on a vacation house in Russian River, California, and I think we were all sending random samples because I, I vaguely recall we were just talking about how Harold Faltermeyer on the uh, the thread about Top Gun, but I think I was trying to do the act the um, the Axel F. Beverly Hills Cop theme song, just using LDB repeated over and over, and I, I sent it to you, and you were like, "Guys, what direction are we going here?" So you also were really doing a great job navigating the uh, the politics of uh, you know group co group collaboration on a, sure. a ridiculous fantasy baseball podcast theme song. So well I, done I'm, all around. Thank you. I mean, I'd much rather have more input than less. But um, you did send me uh, you sent me the I think it was the melody to the theme song to Doug the Nickelodeon Maybe show Doug yeah that was what you sent <laughs> okay. me so anyway I met I also met okay I can't even remember this yet <laughs> um I do have one more funny story if we have time uh regarding the theme song and it was the this was the side email thread that was I think it was the four of us actually and I think maybe Dubner was on it but at one point and Chris and let me know if you remember this um I think you you challenged Dubner to an acapella duel I surely um, did you came in you came in guns a blazing um i surely did yeah do you want to tell us what what, what happened there well i just I, delightful i think you know so this is it's actually a, a slightly more inside joke for dubner and i which is that uh dubner waited i think like six years of my being in the league before he said wait a minute you married georgia wall uh and that's my wife and uh now georgia schutzer and dubner was in an opera with georgia uh, when he was at Harvard, which is just a funny thing that like he had not connected the dots and all this time he had gotten to know me. But so we put that together. To clear, Dubner was not in an opera. Dubner was doing tech tech theater work for the opera. Yeah, I was just imagining him as an opera singer. And I was like, whoa, whoa this yeah, is incredible sorry, to hear this. I didn't know that. <laughs> I just assumed I that he could sing. So when, he's, when, when I heard that he was doing the vocals on our on our new podcast thing, and that he also, you know, met my wife before I did while she was doing opera. You know, a guy can get a little huffy and puffy. And I decided to challenge him to a sing-off. And uh, he politely declined. And, and gave us all of your acapella credentials. And, and it, 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 I, I brought up in a previous episode. We, we don't need to go into that again. But uh, we, we know all about your acapella bona fides now. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm legit, man. <laughs> no. we'll, we'll have to have a sing-off at it's some not, point. It's not something to be proud of. But, um, Ray, so, on the other hand, actually was in an acapella group. So. I was too. I was in an acapella group for three years. But Dubner was not. Yeah. I, I just, Dubner's reaction to, or just quizzical reaction to, to your email was, was amazing. Um, yeah. You came in, you came in, you cranked it right up to 11 and it was, uh, it was beautiful. Um, maybe, maybe we'll share that with the league if, uh, after this, after this episode goes live. Yeah. I would like to just share a quick anecdote. I don't, most of the folks probably know that Ray and I played in a band uh, for a few years, but uh, in like the early days of the league, in particular, we did. Uh, but but Ray Ray was very much the the talent of the band. I feel like every band has you know one person who is clearly the person who is like the 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 person who who which the band cannot survive when it without and ray was definitely our our, our talent uh, so you know th th this is what goes this is a, what his talent has gone on to produce wonderful things like the lbb podcast theme song well thank you sir that's very kind uh, i'd quibble with it but I, I i appreciate it um yeah that's uh yes not a band anymore just uh writing theme songs for podcasts that nobody except the 12 of us will listen to so well, but, I, don't, I don't know if the rest of the league objects to the direction that we've kind of gone this year uh, with these longer intros of get to know an owner. But I personally, I enjoy them thoroughly. So I, I've let them, go, you know, just roll for a little bit as we as we do this. I had a fun activity planned. And this is where I'm finally going to say to everybody and, and Becker, my apologies. It took us this long. Becker's not here. This activity is is not going to be fun without Becker. But I do think I want uh, Ray to still have a moment with it. Um, 
the activity was going to be to have Becker and Ray rate themselves using a Madden scale uh, of, of all of the, the athletic skills since they are our two resident athletes. Um, you know, and, and Ray, actually, I, I learned on the cast last, last week or the week before that, you know, from Ryan, uh, that you are probably the, the, the league's best athlete, which I guess if you're a move, movement coach, I would not have been surprised if I thought about it. But is there a sport? Sure. Go ahead, Sean. Jorvi just dropped that he has a 10 handicap. I think that's pretty impressive, isn't it? That, that's, that implies yeah, athletic impressive. ability. Jorvi yeah, also played college lacrosse. So, I mean, he, he, might, he might have a challenge here. Right. Jorvi Ray uh, athletic off at some point. I, I, I like this. I like where this is going. So, so Dubner and I can have a sing-off, and you guys can have some sort of all-around athletic competition. Um, Ray, I'm going to throw just because I, I need to, uh, and and I'll do something similar with with Becker down the line. But uh, okay. I'm going to throw some 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 rankings that the the Madden system use. Uh, have you ever played Madden before? I, I probably haven't, but I mean I'm familiar with it's. I mean it's a out of a hundred, right? And yeah, hundred is like the best in the sport. Yeah, and one is like you know bum off the street, like just trying something out. Um, so. Let's let's have you rank yourself on uh, overall strength, agility. I'm just letting I'm I'm going to read you the list so that you can think about it, and then, okay. and then we'll back one by one. All right. So okay. we're gonna go overall strength, agility, speed, acceleration, stamina, awareness, jumping, and toughness. All right. Okay. You got the list. Okay. Uh, so, I think so. Uh, so what would you say, knowing those, like you want to start with what would be what would be your calling card? What is what is the best skill? You want them again? Um, I think I mean, I think I can pick I can pick the I can pick my better skills out of that list pretty easily. Uh, probably speed and awareness. I probably I'm not strength is probably not going to be one. Um, stamina is OK. I, and I'm, I don't know how to start rating these things out of 100, um, especially given that I don't know who who I'm benchmarking against. but. Um, yeah, speed and awareness, uh, agility is is probably okay. I'm not the most I'm not the most flexible person. Um, so kind of speed and quickness, and I guess fine motor control, just kind of yeah, motor control. I don't know where that fits in your schematic yeah, here. There's like some. <laughs> I'm already failing this. Aren't I? <laughs> there's some. No, no, you're doing fine. There's some specific like uh, position uh, skills, like the quarterback's got to have like their their arm strength and their accuracy and you know like stuff like that but yeah I, I gave you the overall that every player gets that's that's okay. that's what i felt like would be chris chris does yeah does madden does madden have a suppleness category <laughs> where are you going with this sean <laughs> no you you, you indicated talk later. Not, not not very flexible but yeah that's fine oh yeah yeah <laughs> what what's the what's the tv 12 thing uh muscle what's it what's the whole tom brady pliability Pliability. Yeah, I know. Was, I know. No yeah. nightshades. That's my main takeaway. No nightshades. No nightshades. They they negatively affect your pliability. Inflammation. Inflammation. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. There's a lot of things that will supposedly do that. Um. Yeah. Uh. Let's see. I. Yeah. How can I better? How can I better answer your question, Chris? Um. What, uh, I what mean, did I miss? I, what did I miss on the list? Uh. How about your toughness? Um, toughness is going to be a minus for me because the, uh, the flip side of, I would say of my athletic ability is that I, um, I do, I have been pretty injury prone for most of my adult life. Um, which is kind of what led me into the, the movement coaching that I first practiced for myself and then studied to help other people with. Um, but yeah, star could definitely attest. You probably can remember we were in kickball league, uh, for a few years in DC and, uh, I was oft injured, uh, in and out of the, the lineup. Um, it was a it was a real issue for us honestly so so uh we had a very okay kickball team with with a great pitcher uh and pitching is like the one position in kickball that is like not replaceable and ray was our pitcher and so ray would miss like half the games and like the games that ray pitched we would kick the crap out of the other teams and the games that ray wouldn't pitch and we all had to fill in was we were just not very good <laughs> it's a big difference wait can you explain it the pitcher matters like you're not just like rolling it at the guy yes uh it, it ray you might i mean ray pitched uh, so he, he can try to explain this better but really what you're trying to do as a pitcher is so i think you are permitted one bounce before uh the ball crosses the plate and good pitchers 
can spin it and get it to bounce very strategically. So it bounces right before the plate and then crosses the plate with spin. Uh, and it's very hard to kick. And Ray could do that and nobody else could. Well, it's starting off. You remember like we can, we can get a little nerdy about the kickball league we we're in, but for, for a little while, you only had to bounce it once. I don't know if you remember that. Right. And yeah. so that was like a pitcher's dream. You just, you know, you could throw it high and it would fly off. And then they changed the rule because it was, too advantageous for the pitcher so you had to bounce it twice before the plate so that you know it deadened the ball a little bit but still yeah like what you're describing was was a helpful way to to pitch and try to fool the the kicker um so, i've yeah. forgotten about that change but that that one when it was one pitches i feel like that was really when you dominated like it was pretty was... i think it was pretty easy if yeah i mean you could just you could just lob the ball in and it could fly off anywhere um with well, so, but it still had to be a strike. That was the thing. It's that's true. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. Um, but yeah. So that was kickball. Um, but yeah. So I was, I was, uh, I was, I was hurt a fair amount. Um, it was, uh, kind of coming out of like coming out of college and, and getting a desk job. I think, you know, you're, you're sitting in a chair all day and, and then you try and get up and, and play co ed rec sports and, um, you hurt yourself. And, uh, I, I also had, I had an appendectomy about 16 years ago. Um, and I think coming out of that, like the recovery from that was not super fun and I got hurt a little bit, um, in the wake of that. So, and, and then just kind of over the years, like by a lot of like physical imbalances that I'd had since childhood kind of, you know, as it, as, as happens to our adult bodies, like the things that we, we start our lives with become magnified as we get older. And so that, that happened a little bit. And so, I'd, you know, I'd go out and play hard and then, you know, go too hard and hurt myself. So, um, right. Yeah. This has been really fun. I appreciate it, man. Uh, Thank and, th you. And, th and thanks for just going with it a little bit too. Totally. Uh, yeah. yeah. So I, I mean, for me, uh, I learned that your memory happens to be a little bit better for, uh, the legality of kickball rules, uh, than it does for your original LDB team, but apparently, apparently, but, that, but that's okay. Um, <laughs> I think we need to segue. What do you guys think to what's been going on in the league a little bit? I see Sean yeah, nodding. Good. Um, Let's do it. So you know, bringing back a segment that we've had from from uh, many podcasts at this point, we've already declared my death, and I, I don't think I'm just dead, boys. I think I might have like one of the worst teams in the history of the league at this point, uh, which is pretty fun uh but uh so we we have we have my team dead but any other deaths you're ready to declare looks like my team is is probably dead uh i was just gonna check to see if i've caught up with you for you the, just took uh, a category you bastard i, I was like wait one, how did, you got strikeouts number one overall pick I'm, I'm i was five games coming in uh no you're still really bad chris wow congrats you've got the You've got the lead for number one pick, pretty solid here. Uh, no, I think I think my team is dead. Um, I'm, I'm pretty confident in declaring that. Um, Becker has been encouraging me not to sell. It's too bad he's not on tonight, but I think that's to to make me try to drive a harder harder bargain with some of his competitors who will not be named. But um, yeah, definitely me. Who else is dead, guys? Anyone else? I think it might just be you too. Honestly, right now, I think if I if I just looking through, you know, I think if Josh had had a bad week this week, but he was playing Chris, so he won eleven to one. And well, I, I'm also off. getting the sense that he didn't just get to play me, but he also had his best week in a while. I mean, he didn't he didn't have a bad week here. Yeah, this yeah, one, I mean that that also yeah. helps. Though, though his team is even even with an eleven one win, it's he's in a bit of trouble because he just lost his best pitcher and. That's not great. Uh, so he's he's probably the next one on the on the watch list. And if he hadn't beaten you eleven one this week, I think even uh, I think I might have been say, willing to say Josh was dead. But no, he he saved himself for at least another week. The the roofer looking shaky. I, I'm looking at that actually. Um, losing big this week, down eight. Um, already kind of struggling. And iron and oil. So, I mean, the Poyos are not great by Roto, but it's not a good week for Mark. But the Poyos are about to play me. <laughs> so, there's 12 wins coming. Yeah. Um, I, I, I don't know about Mark. Like, Mark had 
expressed some interest in buying at one point, but now his record is starting to dip. And it's like, is it, did he miss his window? I don't know. There are a few teams that would be willing to sell assets to him. I'll put it that way. Mm. Uh, yeah, I would say. That. Yeah, we're out there. Yeah. <laughs> this, if this, is, uh, this might need to be called the seller's cast. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so we'll leave that to you, Star, whether you want to run with that or not. Um, all right, trending up and down. We've we've covered some teams that are trending down. Anyone want to cover somebody that's trending up? Looking at you, Star. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I this is not going to surprise anyone, just given the moves that he made. But I mean, Ryan Hughes uh, appears to be moving very much in the right direction over the last few weeks since he made his big moves. Um, I'm looking at this record over the last couple of weeks because for some reason I can't access the schedule. But he has, you know, obviously the moves he made have paid big dividends for his team. Yeah, three three straight wins in the three weeks that he's since he made all his trades to get what Trey Turner and Aaron Judge and Josh Bell, probably some other folks there too. Um, it's made a difference. He's had one of the best offenses in the league over the last three weeks after having just an absolutely abysmal offense for. Yeah, the first six, and that 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 is not going to surprise anyone given the players that he added. Um, but I think that's you know, that's the team that seems to be trending up, and you know he made the kind of notable moves that you need to make to make a difference and to turn you know to add a couple of superstars like that. You know, it, it's going to matter, and he already had the good pitching, and you know now I think he's going to be in the uh, second wild card spot in Union coming out of this week. And uh, certainly a team to watch. Um, I I'll just point out I'm I'm a little sad for Nate. He he's going to have a tough luck loss here, um, and it's a bad one because he he lost a few categories by a very small margin uh, to uh, to Tim, uh, but he's going to end up getting hit ten to two by it. So he's going to lose the home run battle by one, uh, OBP by less than point uh, point oh three. Um, the the K the K race was down to three, uh, and it's just it's a it's a tough loss because he'd been sort of climbing his way back up in the standings. I was watching his record in division is three and twenty one, and going into uh, oh and I get and he and I play next week. He can't be thrilled about that. Yeah, so not, to, not to tap my team too much, but it's, I mean, you know. I, look, Nate Nate had such a terrible start, and he's fighting, so you got to give him credit, but. Um, he at some point he's going to become a prohibitive dog as well. Um, I'm a little surprised we didn't name him in the earlier section, but uh, he's, he's definitely not dead. He just needs he needs a turnaround to happen like now. Yeah, and the thing is, like his team is talented. You know, I think from a roto perspective, he's consistently been in the top half. But I mean, Union is tough. Our division is tough. You know, he may be the fourth best team in our division while still being like, you know, a top eight team in the league. And that's just a tough place to be. Uh, also, the tones seem to have righted ship uh, at Paul's expense. Uh, Paul put up a very good week and is going to lose. Um, so there's your there's your little recap there, folks. Uh, but it seems like it's a more than most years. And Star, I'm curious. I'm looking at you as I say this, but Sean, you as well. Like, is this year better with parity than most? Would you say? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't know that there is the same level of dominance. You know, I think Becker got off to this crazy start and has really kind of cooled back down a little bit, um, come back down to earth a little bit. There's not one team that, you know, I think in, from a Roto perspective, Paul's number two and is going to be like sitting somewhere around 500 after this week. <laughs> yeah, there, there just hasn't been like that one dominant team this year that we've seen or two well, dominant teams. And I think we have a lot of a lot of teams who are pretty evenly matched up near the top all kind of fighting together right now. Well, and, and not having not having the choice, Brophy's team as a stalwart uh, just changes, feels like it changes the, the tenor of the whole league. It's just weird to not have, you know, sometimes he has a slow start and then surges, but... Um, I mean, he he just yeah, beat Ian ten two this week, so yeah, not 
not not when yeah. I count and yeah. yeah. out yet. <laughs> no, I know. I I probably just soak his surge into existence. Um, well, you know the, the the thing that this makes me want to know: Has anyone ever done a study on how much the schedule luck actually shifts things around? You talk about roto. You talk about like like how often do we yeah, actually make a make to talk to VJ and Ryan? Totally should. Well, that's what that like breakdown thing is on the CBS site. No, I know. It, it, that's if you play everybody every week, right? Right. But I mean, that's 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 like who's the juggernaut. But and, and it speaks to like how lucky have you been? But right. in practice, you only play one team per week, and right. so like I think there's any permute any number of permutations of the schedule, and the breakdown looks at all of them. But I'd be curious to know like how much we think luck drives who makes the playoffs. There's a lot of sequencing luck for sure. I mean, you can have a slow start to the season and go against three super strong teams that are also having really good starts and then you're screwed i mean my my team has actually been middle of the pack in roto i had a terrible start to the year and this is like i'm also rebuilding so there's just no sense in trying to claw back from that but i think i had some bad sequencing luck to start the year um, I, mean, I i i certainly did too i my team has been incredibly unlucky i i've gotten a couple of big wins in the last couple of weeks but prior to that i was putting out some really good weeks and just coming up with like five to seven losses in, in, in the process, you know, week after week. That felt like the first like six weeks of my season, just a bunch of that shit. And also it's interesting, like the timing of like when you play the people that are fire selling is also helpful, right? right. Like if you if you get to someone later in the season when they've sold all of their good assets, like, you know, if if Ray and I are trading all these folks within the next few weeks, you definitely want to play us the last seven weeks of the season. And I, I, I don't want to like speak too highly of myself as like a sleeping giant. I mean, my, I mean, my record is fine, but I have not played any of the sellers and that is, they're all still to come on my schedule, which is kind of nice. Definitely. Actually, I guess I played Sean this week, but until then I had not. I'm looking forward to it, Matt. I am looking forward to that drubbing when it comes. Uh, and yeah, we will see. Well, you, in the, in the you future. made up a net, at least a net six. Cause I beat Becker last week, and you beat me handily this week, so that worked out for you. I, I really wanted that 12-0 win. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of upset that you made it to I'm come so, back. I'm so sorry. Anymore. I'm so sorry. I feel I feel terrible for you. I hope you can yeah, sleep tonight. I, I, I really deserve pity in this situation. <laughs> this is this is riveting podcast here. Let's, Man, <laughs> let's all look at the website Taiwan together Walker and read numbers. Right. Ladies and gentlemen, we, we came to you live to voice our displeasure <laughs> that Star was only able to beat Sean 11 to 1 this week. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, the depth of analysis you get on this podcast. So, all right. I, we do have a, a, a small activity planned here just to sort of go into a little bit more depth. Um, we've asked each each team to to look at something to deep dive, whether it's a team or a division or a league. Um, I know Star is going to look at something a bit more broad. Um, I'm going to look at Josh's team in a moment. Uh, but Matt, why don't you kick us off if you're if you're willing? I know you wanted to sort of look at the Union playoff race on the whole. Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of started dipping my toes into it, talking about Hughes and and the surge that we've seen from Hughes. Um, you know, and, and again, it, it's no surprise what's happened there. But I think with Hughes making himself a contender, um, I it, it's it's. I think the other thing I want to talk about was I want to talk about Hughes and talk about Ian and whether there's kind of a changing of the guard. Ian got off to a really nice start to the season and has really kind of hit the skids a bit lately. And so, you know, I, I wanted to look at those two teams and. The two teams who are kind of, I guess, would be fourth and fifth in Union after this week, kind of fighting for the last wild card, and get other folks' sense on like, how do you think these teams match up, and who do you think may be able to pull this out in the end? And you know, if I'm if I'm looking at these teams side by side right now, it's hard for me to say that Ian has the better team. Um, his offense, in particular, has really struggled. Uh, I guess he had a great week last week, but his, you know, he's down near the bottom of the league in OBP and OPS, which is very weird. He's like got a lot of home runs. It's very un-Ian team to not be uh, on base all the time and have little power. And I, 
I worry about unless he makes some moves, like is Ian going to fall out of this despite the strength of his pitching? I don't know. I, I, yeah. I don't know if other folks want to chime in on that, but. I, I will admit I have not been following too closely on Ian Swats. Uh, I, I think Ian just, no, I just think Ian needs to just trade some really big pieces to, to some of the sellers on this on this Zoom <laughs> caller. <laughs> I mean, I think that's the answer. You want to name anyone in particular, <laughs> Sean, that you're, you're hoping for? <laughs> I mean, you know, Ian has the kind of team that has like obvious holes. Like, you know, he needs a first baseman, he needs middle infield help like there are obvious places for him to to acquire players if you were to make so moves. matt would you say that that's like a kellenic size hole or more of an austin martin size hole <laughs> it's a good I, I don't know i don't i don't i don't know how i feel about jared kellenic anymore i mean it's 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 he's a tough guy to get a read on um do, do, do you believe in jared kellenic because i'm starting to wonder if i believe in jared I, I mean, I, I, look, I think if, if Byron Buxton taught me anything, it's that when a guy is that highly touted and that young when he gets up there, we need to be more patient than we want to be. But uh, flip side is, is he going to be, you know, the greatest thing since sliced bread? Probably not. I, I mean, at this point, he struggled for a long time. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm looking at his numbers right now. He, he's striking out 31% of the time in AAA right now. That's, that's, that's not going to get it done. I he can't he can't hit breaking stuff right or is it fastballs I I know that that's a it's, yeah I, I, the, not, I don't that's a good question it's one or the other which is I I should know this but it's 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 a big hole no but in all seriousness I think I think Ian's team is still pretty solid but I think the bigger problem is the relative change that you pointed out which is Ryan really just pushed it in and um and look at looking really strong um so. Yeah, and again, you know, I, I don't. Again, it's it's hard to like do this without talking about my team too much. But my team has also been very much surging, and you know, I'm gonna have a what nine game lead on Ian after this week, basically having played the exact same schedules. Uh, so you know, that's it's it's after a slow start, my team has kind of clearly pulled ahead there, and so now Ian's nine games behind me and i think it's going to be like four or five games behind hughes uh for the wild card in union so ray did you want he to needs make a move ray you were going to do one on, on the neo correct yeah yeah i could i could can share I actually a little ask bit you after me though if that's all yeah. right i mean i, I i'm sure. going to do bad bad hosting here and just because i think mine fits in more with sean's yeah, sorry with, uh, with 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 stars um just just thinking about Josh and 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 the likelihood that he's going to catch up um I just you know at the point that I asked that I, to look at Josh I was thinking a lot about uh whether he should hold or sell or what and then since then Walker Bueller got hurt which just changes the whole narrative um I really feel for Josh this team has had some seriously bad luck from uh Tatis's injury uh to um, you know, now having Bueller out. And then he's just had a, a number of players that I think he was really counting on just not provide the seasons that we expected. Um, and I think, you know, Alex Wood being one where, you know, you just don't expect the numbers that he's put up so far this year. Uh, he's really let down. And Syndergaard's uh, whip is fine, but the, the, like he's literally not striking anybody out. That, that's a completely different pitcher coming back from TJ. Can you guys remember ever seeing a pitcher come back from TJ with that level of just skill diminishment? Like, I mean, I've seen guys not be able to come back with health, but he's a completely different guy. Is this just the lack of sticky stuff? Like, what is happening with Syndergaard? The velocity's down. Everything's bad. I mean, I, I think it's very clearly not the, not just the lack of sticky stuff. I mean, that might factor in to an extent but that doesn't that doesn't cause you to lose three miles an hour under fastball that's a whole different story that's that's a health thing i think i mean that's just a not back to 100 percent. well maybe yeah, yeah i think it's just it's just yeah it's health I, I i don't think not all tommy john surgeries are are so successful i mean right and, and this is a guy who struggled with injuries a lot beforehand i mean he he struggled to stay on the mound in the past um you know was always kind of dinged up if not, you know, even if not, it wasn't a major injury. And yeah. I don't know. You just wonder if, like, that just has taken a toll on him after years and years and years of that. 
Well, if Josh is trying to make a season of it, he he hit me at the right time. Manny Machado is obviously having a great year. Uh, there's just not a lot of power on this team. Um, there's not a lot of home runs on this team. And I think that it's tough to win. Uh, honestly, I think the, the, the single most important stat in, in LDB might be home runs. If you don't have power hitters, it's really tough to win some of the other hitting categories with regularity. And I just think Josh is struggling there. He's going to need some of these hitters to, to give a bit more than they have. Um, I'm looking at you, Yuli Gurriel. Uh, I'm looking at you, Eric Hosmer. Uh, not that Eric Hosmer is a, a huge guy. The one really bright light is Anthony Rizzo. Um, and I'm, I, I think that's a great contract at 12 million that he's going to probably hang on to for a while. Um, but it's just been, it's been a tough go for Josh. I, I feel for him. Any other thoughts yeah. on you? Go ahead. Uh, I mean, I, I, it reminds, actually reminds me a lot of my own team a couple of years ago where it, he built, he went with a real stars and scrubs approach and then the stars got hurt and the team fell apart. Um, that's, you know, that's the risk of that, of going that route is, you know, the Tatis injury really set him back. And, you know, you, you're talking about all these guys who have, like disappointed. I mean, like if you're expecting guys like Eric Hosmer and Yuli Gurriel and Alex Wood to do to carry your team, I mean that's 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 like that's a risky proposition here. Those guys have all been fine, you know. Not your Yuli Gurriel, but the other guys have been fine. You know, he just didn't have enough guys who there just wasn't like the guys to come in and like really surprise and overperform. He didn't really set himself up. To have those kind of players and as a result you know it's Tatis got hurt the pitching underperformed and now he's in trouble fair enough why don't we move on uh ray take us to the federal side talk to us about what tim's doing yeah i was just gonna make one, one quick point on the tj thing um i feel like i mean surely somebody's done you know studied tommy john outcomes um you know done some research that can speak to the success rate for guys coming back, you know, at at least like 80% of what they were before. My vague understanding is that it's pretty middling, right? Or, um, I mean, I'm sure that that data is out there, but man, you guys maybe, maybe know better. I think, yeah, I, for why, I mean, I think normally the velocity comes back, the command doesn't. So right. that's where it's like, if you're mm -hmm. three miles per hour down, that's a little more surprising than if you came back and just couldn't, you know, locate your stuff, which is still a big problem, but mm -hmm. maybe expect to see at least the fastball velocity. Hmm. Yeah, I, mean, I thought it was think, the other way around, but yeah. I, I think the interesting about the thing about Tommy John is that it's it's got about like an eighty percent, like it's pretty the success rate is pretty high in terms of guys kind of getting back to the players that they were before. Hmm. Um and it's around eighty percent. But I think you know that sounds high, but that also means that one out of every five guys who has it doesn't get there. And that, you know, so it's it's easy to think that like everyone's gonna be fine. But some mm -hmm. guys just aren't, and it, it just doesn't happen for everybody, unfortunately. You know, it's still a 20%, and you kind of forget about the guys who didn't make it back. Sometimes. Right. Well, and it takes a long comeback that that 20% probably, um, yeah, it's a little harder. Yeah, I do think, I mean, I heard this uh, I when I had Tyler B before I traded him to, to Becker, you know, a rel relatively obscure prospect now, but he had Tommy John surgery earlier in the pandemic and I read about how difficult it was for him to, to rehab just given the starts and stops and just not being able to be with trainers and like, just not the usual team support. I don't know if that's the same thing with Cindergaard, especially well, given that he was in between teams. Then I, I would think that would not be great. Yeah. I think that's, that's a really good point, Sean. That's a very good point. And then I would, that would lead to say that maybe there's a little bit of hope for next year, but I don't know. I'm not seeing much to, your hat on ray talk to us about tim yeah yeah so i don't know how deep a deep dive this is going to be and i'll invite you guys to to pepper you know pepper your own insights in um in here but yeah just first just want to tip my hat to him as uh, our newest donor you know storming out to i believe the best record in the league and it looks like i haven't done the math on this week but he's in a pretty decisive win so um looks like you might hold on to that um yeah um you know he's uh he is number, he's, I think, five in Roto as of today uh, on lucidmetrics.com. Um, and there was a bit of a drop off after the top three. Um, so he he might not end up with the best record, but, you know, the team seems to have a pretty, pretty high floor and it seems to be for, for real. Um, I think 
maybe star your projections had him as the best home run hitting team if i remember correctly mm -hmm. um and that's that's borne out um you know has the best ops second in adjusted rbi um obp and stolen bases have been a little weaker but um his pitching is is held up and just seems to have a pretty a pretty balanced team i mean you know he's running into some luck too probably um his worst his worst week was a was a five and seven so and the rest of his schedule doesn't look doesn't look too bad um i mean you know i wonder if there's a way he can or if you can find a way to plug, you know, a couple of the small holes that are there without giving too much before the deadline. Um, maybe there's a power for OB, OBP trade in there for him. Um, he's also, you know, he's, he's killing it on, on K's. I think he was 12, 12 and a half points in Roto for strikeouts, but also giving up a, a ton of home runs. I think he's the number one home run allowed team. Um, so, you know, maybe there's some, uh, a little bit of judicious roster management on the pitching side that can help him kind of, dial that into balance a little more um but yeah just uh mostly just yeah tip my hat to him it's uh what a way to what a way to, to start off and you know great great to have him in the league of course so feel free to feel free to add to that if you guys are punch holes in it but um yeah just want to call it call the call out neo yeah i mean i i, I can change ahead, a little bit in, in terms of you know I, I think the surprise to me is really been on the pitching side i think I expected this offense to be very good. Um, it has borne out that way, but I think the the pitching I had questions about, and you know, he's had some guys, and, and I didn't take deeper dives on some of these guys. But just a lot of guys who are pitching a lot better than I was expecting. I mean, Manoa has had a real breakout, taking kind of a step forward, um, and, and I liked Manoa to begin with. Manoa and Montas were kind of like the the rocks here, but like the fact that you know. Eovaldi has pitched the way he has, and that Carlos Carrasco has bounced back and is now a useful pitcher again. And then Miles Michaelis, kind of coming out of nowhere after some a couple of lost seasons there, has been really outstanding for him. And to get those sorts of performances is, and, and he had Rosardo there for a little while too. Um, you know, getting those performances from those guys has really been the difference maker for this team, I think. Yeah, that Eovaldi just got hurt, didn't he? Oh, did he? Yeah. Looks like he's on the the ten day. Oh, yeah, here it is back, but yeah. back inflammation. Man, don't don't love a back injury. It's, um, I still don't really believe in the Michaelis one either, but he's gotten a good run from him, and we'll see if it if it will last. You're very quiet, Chris. Just, I don't know what you're doing. But it's hard to hear you. Oh, sorry. Is that better? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah, no, I was just saying I'm not really quite sure how much I believe in Michaelis either, uh, despite the numbers, but. Cardinals double magic. You never, you never really know. I mean, uh, I don't expect Michaelis to be a sub three ERA guy, but I think he looks to be back as a useful pitcher for the first time in a couple of years. That's fair. Uh, Sean, did you have a dive that you want to do, or are we are we good to start wrapping this thing up? Um, I think we can we can we can wrap it up. I was going to quickly just talk about Jorvi. Um, you know, I think he's he's noted that his team has been scuffled a bit, but this week he seems to have bounced back. I think his team is is pretty strong. He made a trade for Barrios. So, um, you know, he he doesn't trade a lot. He he sent a second round pick. Um, I think that'll I, I think Barrios will be better than he's been this year. Um, you know, maybe hopefully Jorvi gets back Scherzer soon. Offense got Acuna back over the last month. Um, you know, is already pretty strong. So I, I, his division does not have a lot of strong competition. Um, you know, the ploys have been hanging in there. Maybe Mark does something. But I think Jorby's just going to be fine. Um, it's been a little bit of a rough patch, but already this week it seems like he's bounced back. So that's my very quick analysis. Yeah, for, I, I, I sent an email to what I thought was a league and actually ended up being just Chris and Sean trying to figure out when the last time Jorby made a trade was. Uh, and it turned out it was during the 2020 auction was the last time he had made any trades and that trade didn't count because it would unwound. So I couldn't actually go back. I never actually went back and found the last trade. He went that counted, but clearly it was sometime impressive. in 2019 or earlier. <laughs> does not, I, does I, not trade much. So it was impressive to see him get out there. And, and make but I, I, I will be really intrigued to see what Jordy decides to do down the stretch. I, and Sean, I credit you for, for picking that team to talk about. Mostly from the angle of like, I, he will win our division. It's not even going to be close. Like, unless Anton pivots and buys, like there's there's really no way that I could see it going another way. Um, that said, is this team going to be a team that can really make noise in the playoffs? 
He's got some big holes to fill. And I, I this team can get a lot better. So Dorby will finally have to move off of some of his longer-term guys here. And I also just – if we really were going to do a deep dive on Dorby, I think we'd be talking about how well he's done at drafting. And I don't mean – I mean double-A drafting. Like, Dorby has really done an amazing job over the years, and, and it seems to be coming to fruition this year, I think. Um, you know, with, with McKenzie starting to really break out again. And anyway, um, but we, we can we can look at it another time because it's we're past the hour point. Jordy, we'll, we'll, we'll get to you, I promise. But I, I will say just on his uh, on your analysis of his draft picks, I think it helps when you never trade your prospects away. Like, you know, you, the, you're going to have some hits, you know, <laughs> that he doesn't trade his prospects ever. And so, you know, those, those guys, some of those guys turn out to be good players. Yeah, I guess that's true. Um, all right. Any final thoughts or shall we wrap this bad boy up? There are no final thoughts. Well, Ray, I believe that the last word will be yours then, especially since we're going to go into your musical uh, exit. So uh, any, how do you want to send us off? Maybe you I, could be the one to finally oh, give geez. us a good send off. I, I prepared I prepared all of my, my thoughts for for everything but the the end. So I, I'm afraid I don't have anything anything quippy. But uh but yeah, just thanks for having me on. It's been a blast. Um thanks for indulging me and um yeah, letting me join the join the fray for uh for an hour here. It's been it's been super fun. Um even at 1015 on a Sunday night. I'm glad you joined us. It was fun for me too. Um thanks man. So thanks for joining. Thanks. Thank you, Star as always. Thank you, Sean. Becker, we look forward to having you back. Uh and I guess with that one, we are out. Good night everybody. Thanks, guys. All right. Bye, everyone. Thanks, Ray. Later. Baseball.